Welcome to another episode of Canary Cast, where we will talk about the issues affecting workers in our country, and we'll talk to workers around Ohio. We taped this episode in Cleveland with Linda Bradley, with Marvin Thompson, and with Renee Rouser, all members of the Communication Workers of America. They work in or have recently worked in call centers. These jobs are some of the most vulnerable, unfortunately, to offshoring. Too many call center jobs have been shipped overseas. Service sector jobs like these also have some of the lowest rates of unionization. Without a union like CWA to protect them, workers are even more vulnerable to seeing their jobs outsourced to India or to Mexico. I accept the workforce is changing, but as a country, we can't accept that more and more of our workers are paid less and have little economic security, worrying all the time that their company is one bad earnings quarter away from packing up and moving their jobs overseas. So we talked with Renee and Linda and Marvin about how they view their jobs and how having a union like the CWA affects their work and their lives. Start with Linda. Tell me what a union means in a call center, if you would. A union means in a call center job security, great benefits, and family. Something you can count on, something you can depend on, great pension, a way to know that you love Ohio, you're here, and it's just security. Did you ever work at a non-union call center? I did not, no. Did any of you work at a non-union call center? Did Did you know people that did? Yes, I do. So, uh, Renee, tell me what you hear about a non-union call center versus a union. I've been in both, and I've seen the turnovers is way higher at a non-union call center. Talk about what you know about the differences of the two jobs, Renee. They greatly appreciate the medical coverage that we do get and the higher rate of pay that we do get, and they feel more secure as far as the structure of the scheduling and the workforce and, and the cleanliness and safety in the buildings as well has always been a big thing. Is that directly why there is more turnover? It really is about pay. It's about benefits. And what do you mean by safety in the call center? Some people that have been hired in working for AT&T coming from one of the outsource centers, they say that it's never clean. It's very dirty. It's unsafe with the weather. It's never cleaned up with wet floors and people don't have to pick up after themselves in the lunchrooms. What is the difference in wages between a union call center and a non-union? Do you know? Marvin, do you know that? It's pretty significant. A lot of people that I've heard of that have left, they'll tell you the pay structures are much more aggressive in terms of compensation because it's more dependent on how you perform as opposed to having a consistent amount of pay that you can rely upon. And do you think the quality of their work, because there is such pressure on, quote, how you perform in terms of the number of calls and getting people off the phone faster, Is the quality, is the treatment of customers different? Exactly, because it's all a numbers game. It's all about what you can get out of that particular interaction at any one point in time. How is going to benefit you or are you going to get anything out of it? And you want to move on to the next person. So the quality is going to be significantly diminished because you're not addressing the concerns. You're trying to see what you can do in the best way possible to get revenue out of that call. How long have you been working there? I'll be there 17 years this year. And Renee, you've been in Youngstown, that call center for how long? 13. And before you were laid off, Linda, you were there? there 18 years and 11 months. You heard that right. After nearly 19 years of hard work for a company, Linda was laid off. Like too many workers across Ohio, the threat of outsourcing hangs over these workers almost every day. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But first, I bet many of my listeners were surprised 
to hear how Renee and Linda and Marvin spoke about their work in call centers. Having the freedom to band together with other workers through their union and to have a voice in the decisions that are made at their company have turned these jobs into careers that support families. As our conversation goes on, you can't help but notice how dedicated they are to serving their customers well. I ask Renee and Linda and Marvin to speak more about how they view their work. So, I mean, it's seen as a career. It is a career job. There's structure. There's different work groups. There's thorough training to keep you informed and knowledgeable and educated on the job that you're doing. So the outsourcing of the jobs obviously affects us and is devastating to us when that does happen because it takes the good jobs away from us that we do want and, and we want to keep here in America. I agree with what Renee said. Also, that as she was saying, it's a career. The job has to be done. These customers have to be helped. And who better to interact with them than us to help our customers to resolve their issues. And we also come up with ideas, you know, from interacting with the customer, we're able to give the companies ideas on what's going to work, what's not going to work. So it's not just come in and do your job. You have frontline help with these customers and what they're looking for, what their issues are, what can we fix to better serve them. So it's more than necessary. It's not just a good job. I mean, like like Renee said, it's a career. And what I was talking about before about opportunities, I mean, it comes from the fact that the skills that we gain by working at this type of a job helps us to form better relationships with our families, with our co-workers. In terms of the benefits, I went back to school and I got a second degree paid for by this company because of the fact that I work at this job. It gave me that opportunity to better myself. Those type of things... Those type of opportunities aren't available unless you have a job like this that gives you that opportunity. There's just no other way to look at it. I think the difference between having a cost and a job in a union situation as opposed to a non-union situation, it's opportunity more than anything. Yes, it's a career, but you have a progression that you can look forward to in terms of looking at different jobs, training, the training that you get at a union shop as opposed to not. You just get more opportunities because there is, there is more training, whereas otherwise you're just there to make numbers. Unfortunately, as we've heard from Linda, the careers these people work so hard to build are highly vulnerable to outsourcing. For far too long, our trade policy, our tax policy, have encouraged a corporate business model that shuts down operations in Ohio, cashes in on a tax credit at the expense of working Americans, and then ships those companies, that production, to Reynosa, Mexico or Wuhan, China. And far too many of the jobs that remain don't pay enough in wages and benefits to compensate workers for the hours they put in. As we learned from Linda, it's not just manufacturing jobs that are threatened. Let's get back to Linda's story. And your place was 18 years and your job was consolidated with another call center? Yeah, they closed the Columbus and Cleveland offices because they had been outsourcing a lot of jobs. And we had the option to go to Michigan, Indiana, or Dayton, which for my family, it just wasn't an option to leave Columbus. Have you found other work? I have not. And what you were saying before, it's a huge difference in the pay scale. You're talking less than half of what I was making is what companies that are not unionized jobs are offering. And it all stems from offshoring because had jobs not been offshoring, 
my center doesn't go from 400 representatives down to 60, down to closing. You know, it's just, um, it is offshore and that's what it is. We, when I started, everybody customers talked to was in the U.S. And as time went on, you hear the customers say, I just talked to a foreigner and they didn't do the what they said they were going to do. So you kind of know that that's why we're losing our jobs here in the United States because of cheap labor somewhere else. Foreign workers are not to blame for outsourced jobs. Those workers are victims of the same failed trade agreements. They're exploited by unfair wages and dangerous working conditions. In fact, we know one of the best ways to prevent outsourcing of U.S. jobs is to raise foreign labor standards so American workers then are competing on a level playing field. That's one of my top priorities as we work to renegotiate a new NAFTA. While we do not pit American workers against foreign workers, we do recognize that just as I take great pride in the fact that the suit I'm wearing today is made 10 miles from my home by workers in Cleveland and the Jeeps that Connie and I drive are made in Toledo, many Americans want to support American jobs by buying American whenever they can. That includes the customer service they get from call centers. That's why I've introduced a bill that would require call center agents overseas to disclose their location and guarantee U.S. customers the right to transfer their call to a customer service agent who is physically located in the United States, if the caller chooses. Not only are call centers often outsourced to countries that allow deplorable working conditions, their human resource and information security standards are typically lower than those in the United States. Renee and Lyndon Marvin talked about how they are best positioned to provide quality service to customers in the United States. A lot of times when they've spoken with people offshore and not in the U.S., their need wasn't resolved. And so they're not being taken care of properly. And so by the time they get to you, I've spoken with five different people and they haven't resolved. I need to make sure you're in the U.S. So they're not giving the quality of care to these customers. So our customers are frustrated by the time we get them. And of course, we're able to take care of them. But it's a major difference because I'm sure offshoring, they're not getting the training that we're getting. They don't have the knowledge of the product because we use the product. It's here. And they don't have that where they are, so they can't effectively help the customer. I had a customer challenge me, didn't believe me that I was from the U.S. And I had to actually tell him, you know, what city I was in, who the governor was, what the name Not was. that the other guy knew yeah. who the governor was. <laughs> right, right. Right. Who's the NFL team in Ohio? Uh, well, there, yeah. I'm not sure there are any. <laughs> there used to be two, but there I'm not sure two, there yeah. are any. <laughs> if you had said that, they would have known you were from Ohio. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, I think these big companies know that they're not getting the quality work and they don't care just because it's the money. Because management know the calls that we get that have come back to us because someone in an offshore place hasn't helped the customer. And they're OK with that because it's money for them, even though we have to go back and fix what wasn't done. The first spending time. a lot of time fixing it and they're, right. they're saving a lot of money by using those. But in the money that they're paying us to fix it, it, it offsets, I guess, to them in, in their way, I guess. I mean, you work for a company for so long and you show loyalty to this company coming every day. You pull your socks up. You're doing the job. You're getting to work. But then for just a few dollars more, if they can shift the job overseas, they're going to do that. It puts us all at risk, every one of us, because we don't have the security of knowing that we have a paycheck coming in. 
I think it prevents a lot of customers from jumping from company to company when they're getting the quality care. But because at times when they're offshoring and customers are being frustrated, oh, okay, I'll jump to this company, I'll jump to that company. Whereas when you have people that are working for you that are in the U.S. that are taking care of their customers, you retain customers and you don't have poor retention and switching customers back and forth between so, so companies. So if I'm calling, and I remember I called somebody, I, I called on my cable bill a few months ago and I got somebody in Dayton because I always ask them where they're from. <laughs> so if I call that person in Dayton and I call and I'm getting a non-union call center where the turnover is rapid and the workers are not compensated very well and the value, the company sends a message that we don't really value you that much mm-hmm. and I don't get the service that I need, I am more likely to switch to another cable company. But if I call you and I come into the cable to the call center in Youngstown that's unionized, I'm so much more likely to get better service than I stick with that company. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. Some customers even ask and say, thank you. I can understand what you're saying. And they'll ask, are you in the U.S.? And you say yes, and they say thank you. We need to change how we think about work in our economy in this country. Workers like Marvin and Renee and Linda are essential to their companies, and those workers, all workers, help the employers create wealth. So many companies wouldn't be able to function without a customer service staff, and you heard them describe their careers. They're contributing to the business. They're bringing ideas to make it work better. That contribution has to be valued in our economy. Companies simply can't be profitable in the long run without productive workers and without cooperative workers. We have a long way to go to creating an economy where work is valued, but we ended by asking these workers what gives them hope, and their answers gave me hope. Listen to what Linda had to say. This gives me hope, sitting in this room doing this podcast today. This gives me hope because there are people that care. There are people that are trying to work hard to make a difference and make a change and make those who may be ignorant to what's going on, aware of what's really happening and how it's affecting people's lives on a day-to-day basis. So that gives me hope. And just to know that there are good people out there, you know, they're there in spite of. That's why we're doing this podcast, to get the voices and the stories of workers out there. Offshoring jobs like these is just one symptom of big problems in our economy. Wall Street values short-term profits more than long-term investments in their workforce. That has to change. We need to value hard work, and we need to value and honor the dignity of the people who do it. And we start by shining a light on American workers and the value they bring to their companies and to our economy. Thank you for doing your part by listening. If you have a story to share about your work, your job, and how offshoring or the threat of offshoring, how all of that has affected you and your industry, share it with us by email. CanaryCast, C-A-N-A-R-Y-C-A-S-T, one word, canarycast at brown.senate.gov. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening.